6.30 Chad Afternoons with Jalen Nye. Weekdays at 2 on 6.30 Chad. Well, as we told you earlier this week, uh, more of Afghanistan has fallen under Taliban control, and that has some Canadian Forces members who serve there questioning whether or not the 14-year mission uh, was worth it. It also has many Canadian veterans worried about the Afghan interpreters they worked alongside. Pressure is mounting on the Canadian government to help those interpreters who many believe are in harm's way if the Taliban find them. Now, Canada did have a program to reset settle interpreters and their families, but it expired in 2011. The uh, federal immigration minister, Marco Mendocino, says the federal government is working on a plan, but didn't say when it would become a reality. This was his comment just about an hour ago. There is uh, tremendous urgency to the situation on the ground. Uh, I know that uh, even in the last number of weeks that the situation has gotten worse, uh, that lives are on the line urgency and that is what veterans are stressing the need for speed including our next guest who worked alongside many afghan interpreters during his three tours retired major quentin innes joins us this afternoon quentin welcome to 6:30, chad happy to be here jillian how are you i am good thank you for taking the time let's just first you know start i'm curious to know i mean you know you did uh three three tours uh during uh during the during the war when you're looking at what's happening in afghanistan right now what's going through your head um, I'm concerned, Jalen. It, it, it's uh, it's not a great situation, and it's uh, a little surprising to me. I, I would have expected that the Afghan National Army and the Afghan police would have done better. Uh, it's very obvious that this is a, a coordinated and synchronized and very well-supported and well-planned attack, and that's what's causing the problems. Quentin, tell, tell me about the work that the interpreters that you worked alongside with did. You know, they were, you know, interpreters, fixers, but... but Tell me about the importance of them to our to our Canadian forces during that time. Well, they're absolutely vital. I mean, there's not a lot of Canadians that speak Pashto or Dari, and there's not a lot of Canadians who have um, any kind of experience with that culture. So the interpreters were more than simply language assistants. They interpreted the culture for us. They introduced us to people. They gave us information. Uh, I had phone calls from interpreters who would call me and say, Major Innes, are you planning on going out today? And I would say, no. And they'd say, good. Hmm. And they'd hang up. Um, you know, they, they, these guys were vital to our work, and they, they helped us out immensely. Can you tell us, sometimes I think it's important for, for listeners to maybe know a little bit, a little bit more on a, on a personal level. Is, is there one of the uh, interpreters that you worked with that, you know, is always in the back of your mind, or especially right now? And, and, and would you be willing to share a little bit about that person? Absolutely. So one of the interpreters that I worked with over the years um, was a, a man named Amadullah Fazi. He's still in, in Kabul, and he's actually in the Afghan government. Um, just a, a true Afghan patriot, uh, extremely brave, extremely loyal, extremely hardworking. He was always there when I needed him. And he was the kind of guy, you know, I could call him at, uh, at, at 6 o'clock in the morning and say, Ahmed, we have to go to Kabul today. Uh, we would get on an airplane, and we'd go to Kabul. Um, and then... Oftentimes, the, the aircraft would have a slot timing. They would have to leave. I would say, okay, Ahmed, we're getting off the airplane. And, and we'd stand on the runway. We'd look at the airplane taking off. <laughs> and, and I'd look at him and say, I guess you better call your wife and tell her you won't be back for lunch. <laughs> um, you know, he, he was enormously helpful. Uh, and he was a guy who helped us work with the media. He knew everybody in Kandahar. Uh, he introduced me to... Uh, 
President Karzai's brother, um, his older brother, Kayum, uh, which enabled me to take um, General Vance down to see Kayum Karzai back uh, in 2009 before he went into, into theater. So he was, it meant that, that, you know, General Vance was much more situated as to the political realities in Afghanistan than he would otherwise have been. Uh, Ahmed came to Canada to work with us. He, uh, he came in to, to lecture on Afghanistan and give us um, a little bit of background. And, you know, he was, he was absolutely invaluable to my job. So much more than just uh, an, an interpreter, so much more than just language. It's, it's obvious. So the danger that they're facing right now, um, you know, what is that? I mean, is, is the fact of the matter, if the Taliban finds them, that um, they, they could die? It's more than just if the Taliban finds them. Uh, the Taliban is actively hunting for them. So the Taliban has a list. Um, we know this, and and we know that uh, they're going to be tracked, they're going to be tortured, they're going to be killed. We've had two instances of interpreters who've gone from Kandahar to Kabul with their families on the roads. Uh, there are Taliban checkpoints. One of them went through five checkpoints. Uh, one interpreter was actually dressed in a burqa, uh, and he put tape over his mouth so he wouldn't uh, he wouldn't speak and, and accidentally give it away. And the Taliban are quite sophisticated now. These are not the old Taliban that we fought 2006, 2011. These guys have biometric sensors. They are scanning people's faces and looking in computers. So it's obvious that they've been planning this for a while, and it's obvious that they're serious about it. So we're, we're hearing from the immigration minister just a short time ago saying the federal government is working on a plan, not giving any timelines. They say that they know the urgency is there. You, along with uh, with other groups, are, and you're working with other groups to, to put pressure on the government to try to get uh, these interpreters uh, to Canada. What are you calling on the federal government to do immediately? We need the federal government to get people in there on the ground and we need them to expedite this. This can't be a bureaucratic um, measure here. We can't have people going onto websites and applying for visas. That's not going to work. Uh, the Taliban have taken down most of the cell towers. Uh, the interpreter that I was talking to two days ago, I haven't heard from since. Mm. Uh, so it may well be that there is simply no internet connectivity in southern Afghanistan. Uh, power is intermittent, and uh, and the internet is intimate, or inter sorry, inter intermittent. Um, so the issue that we have is that we need a, a very simple, uh, very mechanical process. We need to be able to say, here's a list of people. Uh, if you're on this list, you get on the airplane, and then we need to send airplanes to Kabul and get people out of Kabul. Canadian veterans and uh, those who are still serving who were in Afghanistan, uh, you know, really raising their voices, just like you, uh, you being one of them. But um, you're also and, and the groups that are trying to organize this and put pressure on calling on um, forces members to stand up and help out. How can they do that right now? Well, it's quite simple. They can go to a website. There's a website set up. It's called uh, Afghan Canadian Interpreters, run by an uh, amazing lady, uh, Wendy Nuri Long. She's been working this for a couple of years. And what we need to do is we need to get names um, of interpreters, and we need to have people who are willing to stand up and vouch for them. So we need to have people who are willing to say, I worked with this individual, I recognize this individual, I know who this is. Um, so we can make sure that the list we have is good. And there's a certain urgency to this. We need to get that list completed probably by the end of this month. Mm. So the quicker people can stand up and, and contact Wendy, contact her team, uh, and get there and get the information to them, the better off we're going to be. And again, it's Afghan Canadian Interpreters. Is that, a, is that a Facebook page, did you say? 
both a website okay. and a Facebook page. And a Facebook it comes page. under both of those. Yeah. So if you go to the website, they'll actually direct you to the Facebook page as well. And I think they might be looking for possible photographs uh, as well to, to help with um, that, uh, that, that identification. Quinton, um, how many interpreters are, are we talking about right now? Probably talking in the hundreds rather than the thousands. So we're not looking at the same scale of operation as the Americans are looking at. Okay. Um, there, are, there are lists floating around that are between 80 and, and 120, 125 people. But uh, the other thing that the government has to be aware of is that Afghans come with their families. Yes. So there's no point in bringing an interpreter back to Canada if you're not also willing to bring that individual's family. Because that person, the interpreter, is, is responsible for the family. Uh, he's probably the breadwinner. He's certainly the protector. So, um, you know, that, that number of 118, I think we can multiply that. It'll grow to almost 1,000 people. Retired Major Quentin Innes joining us this afternoon. It is uh, a, an issue that has, has come to light, and we're hearing more about it over the past number of weeks, especially as uh, parts of Afghanistan fall to the Taliban, the Panjway District, just last week, uh, which is an area, as we talked earlier about, uh, with retired Major General David Fraser, that Canadian troops um, uh, fought there for a long time, shed a lot of blood there as well. And again, these, uh, these Afghan interpreters, the fixers, uh, were invaluable to our Canadian troops and the work being done right now to try to get them here safely. Quentin, will you keep us updated on this? Absolutely will. All right, it was my pleasure. Thank you for joining me this afternoon. Thank you very much. Take care. Quentin Innes, and just so you know, I do have a, a request into the Immigration Minister, Marco Mendocino, to talk about this hopefully for next week.